number of drone attacks on American forces in the Middle East increases. What does it mean for the safety of American troops? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. And the Navy is getting new flame retardant uniforms after a decade-long effort. What does it all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is November 7th, 2023. First up, the number of American troops injured in attacks on October 17th and 18th has more than doubled to 46. That's 25 more than the Pentagon previously reported on October 25th. The injuries are considered minor, and the troops return to duty soon after, but Pentagon spokesman Brigadier General Pat Ryder said that reports of traumatic brain injury tend to come in the days and weeks after a blast and symptoms surface later. And Ryder said the number of total attacks since October 17th has risen to 38. Eight of those came over the weekend. Here's why it matters. Defense Department officials have warned of increasing attacks on troops in the Middle East amid the Israel-Hamas war, but they have stopped short of saying the increase in the attacks is directly related to U.S. support for Israel. The Pentagon ordered two strikes on Iran-backed militia facilities in Syria on October 26th in retaliation for the attacks. The U.S. has positioned two carrier strike groups in the eastern Mediterranean in response to the regional security concerns. The Eisenhower aircraft carrier, its strike group, and an Ohio-class submarine have arrived in Middle Eastern waters. An amphibious ready group with an embarked Marine Expeditionary Unit, several Air Force fighter squadrons, and multiple Army air defense units have been positioned in the region as well. On October 31st, the Pentagon announced 300 U.S.-based support troops would deploy to an undisclosed location. Another important story, Veterans Affairs leaders said they set all-time records in healthcare, benefits delivery, and veteran outreach efforts in fiscal 2023. But keeping up with that pace this fiscal year will mean setting more new records in hiring and efficiency efforts. Department officials this week released a long list of notable benchmarks for VA support services. Those include 116 million completed healthcare appointments, which is up 3% from the previous record, Also, 5.5 million dental appointments were completed, up 5% from the previous record. Nearly 2 million veteran and survivor claims were processed, an increase of 16%, and 1 million contacts were made through the Veterans Crisis Line. The numbers underscore a dramatic workload increase across nearly every sector of the agency. But lawmakers and advocates are concerned about the possible obstacles for veterans accessing services. But VA administrators are confident they can maintain that pace even after a year of record hiring levels. Retention rates for employees at the VA have helped ease the pressure to hire more personnel, and leaders saw about 20% fewer employees leave in fiscal 2023 than the previous year. But VA officials said slow hiring processes need to be addressed. The VA Undersecretary of Health said the average new employee waits more than 160 days to start at their new posts. In other news, the Navy is making efforts to provide crews flame-retardant uniforms, known as the Two-Piece Organizational Clothing Uniform, or Tupac, but not the rapper. (laughs) Navy Times reporter Diana Stancy joins the episode to talk about Tupac of the naval uniform variety. 
So, Diana, what is happening with this uniform effort with a name similar to a rapper? So the Navy is now acquiring um, a two-piece flame-retardant uniform that the service is now calling uh, the primary at-sea option. Its official name is the Two-Piece Organizational Clothing Uniform, also known as Tupac. Um, And this was specifically created as an adaptable option for multiple working conditions, including surface ships, submarines, flight decks, but um, the Navy's objective was to provide this um, as an option to be used while also commuting or off base or off duty. So um, right now, the Navy estimates that all East Coast ships will receive the uniform by the spring of 2024, and all West Coast and Pacific Fleet ships will receive the uniform by the fall of 2024. Right now, about half of these ships have uh, received orders for the uniform. So what's special about this is um, it features a tri-fiber blend and flame resistance fabric that is equivalent to um, those found in the coveralls that sailors currently wear, also known as the improved fire retardant variant uniform. So um, one of the key things that the Navy, um, you know, really wanted to drive home in acquiring this uniform is that it can be worn in off-duty settings, unlike the coveralls, which can only be worn um, while uh, in service. So this all goes back to 2012, right? What has the development of this effort looked like for non-flammable uniforms? Yes. So um, the Navy discovered in 2012 after a report determined that the uh, so-called blueberries, also known as the Type 1 Navy working uniform, was um, highly flammable. So since 2012, the Navy has rolled out a series of different uniforms that are not flammable and are uh, flame resistant. So that includes right now the Navy working uniform type three, um, kind of known as the the camis that you see worn around regularly. And the latest is this uh, Tupac uniform. So sailors will receive uh, this uniform free of charge. They'll receive at least two sets and then um, an additional set for deployments. And it's available in both blue and khaki versions, depending on rank. Thanks, Diana. For more stories like this, please like and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Also on your radar for today, Maine's two U.S. senators asked the Army Inspector General to provide a full accounting of interactions with the reservists that killed 18 people last month. Senators Susan Collins and Angus King said it's important to know what did or didn't happen before Robert Card opened fire at a bowling alley and bar in Maine. Here's why it matters. Fellow soldiers expressed concerns about Card's mental health before the October 25th shootings, and concerns over Card's mental health during the military training led to a 14-day hospitalization last summer. The worries continued after Card returned home. Officials said a deputy visited Card's home twice to perform a wellness check in September, but Card never came to the door. An Army spokesman confirmed to Military Times last week that the service is conducting an internal investigation into the matter. And now here are some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. The Department of Defense announced this week that a soldier who was supporting Operation Inherent Resolve died in Qatar after a non-combat-related incident earlier this month. Marine Commandant General Eric Smith is making, quote, excellent progress following a cardiac arrest late last month. The Marine Corps released a statement late Friday that said Smith will continue his recovery at his military quarters once he is discharged from the hospital. According to a study published this month by Duke University researchers and sponsored by the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, 
Active duty service members, their families, and veterans are vulnerable to having their personal information bought cheaply online from so-called data brokers. And South Korea says it plans to launch its first domestically built spy satellite at the end of this month to better monitor its rival North Korea, which is expanding its arsenal of nuclear weapons. And on this day in history, in 1916, Jeanette Rankin was elected to represent Montana in the House of Representatives. Rankin was the first woman elected to the U.S. Congress. She has the distinction of being the only member of Congress to vote against U.S. involvement in both World War I and World War II. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com slash EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Simone Z. Perez. Today's episode features stories by Megan Myers, Leo Shane III, Diana Stancy, and the Associated Press. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Cruz. Have a great day.